This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your M.O.? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. We're back for another brew of blue here on the Blue Room. Everybody's having a good week, uh, staying safe. Uh, we're looking forward to football potentially returning soon on the horizon. And um, hopefully, this will cheer a few people up because we've got a fantastic guest today on the Brew of Blue. It's Alan Myers. Al, thanks very much for coming on. How are you doing? No problem. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. How <laughs> <laughs> have you been finding the the lockdown? Um, how's it changed you? Well, first of all, from from a work perspective, how's it changed you? Your day to day being a, a broadcaster and a journalist. Well, I think I think it's been um, I think it's been busier. You know, to be honest, I think um, you know we've sort of gone back a little bit to uh, you know the time when you had to um, sort of you know work hard to get stories and 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 to get contacts and to to speak to people you know uh without you know in football these days you, you you certainly in football you get things put on a plate for you really you know press conferences and interviews lined up by the clubs and you know so you don't really have to work as hard as maybe you used to when i first started in the business you know so so but, but it's sort of gone back to those days a little bit you know where you happen to use all your contacts from your contacts booth to get through to people and and you know maybe f- 10 15 phone calls before you get to where you need to get to so in that respect it's been quite good really to be i've quite enjoyed you know uh having to work a little bit harder yeah and then of course you're not you're not in the office so you haven't got that to back you know back you up as well so yeah it's been and i've, I've learned how to do all kinds of uh, video conferences and all the rest of it you know so um you know that's a new one as well yeah, I was going to say to you, has that been quite enjoyable? Because I suppose someone like yourself, who's so established in the industry, got got great contacts at Everton, it's not become too easy for you down the years, but it's certainly straightforward for you. Have you enjoyed and embraced those new challenges? 
Oh yeah, I mean, um, you know, I've never done a Zoom interview until until you know a lockdown started, you know. But I've done, you know, I, th- I can't imagine how many how many interviews I've done in the last nine weeks, you know, at home. Um, it, it makes me laugh really when I see that, you know, because obviously you look back through the Zoom files, you know, and you see all the interviews there, and you think, you know, all those people being in me uh, in me study downstairs, you know. So it's um, it's quite <laughs> good really. But yeah, but it's you know you. you I think sometimes it's great when you have to embrace new technology rather than, you know, wanting to, if you know what I mean, you know, and you you get on with it and you just get it done. And, uh, you know, what it's shown to me is that there's a way of working, um, which, you know, this may change the way we work, you know, for a long time to come, I think, you know, because I think people have realized that we don't have to do as much traveling. We don't have to do as much, you know, running around. Um, we, we can communicate very much from from the home. And I think with that in mind and, and yourself, like I said, being so well connected with Everton, I think we've, the guests we've had on here, one of the questions I've asked them is that, you know, in regards to the day-to-day lives, Everton are usually so important and such a, a key influence in the day-to-day lives. And for a lot of people, that's just gone and it must be quite weird. I mean, for, for yourself, do you feel as though there's sort of an Everton-shaped hole there or is the reporting you've been doing, the contacts you've been, been establishing sort of make sure that Everton still feel very much a, a present entity in your life? Yeah, I mean, in my in my daily daily job, you know, I don't really do, you know, it's it's not focused purely on Everton, mm. you know, as it has been in the past. Um, so in that respect, you know, I'm kept busy with a lot of stuff. I I cover for Sky. I cover a lot of the EFL stuff, um, and that's of course, as you as you probably know, has been mm. really interesting. What's going on there? Um, but but it's been interesting to watch. You know, I mean, I think, I think there's always Everton Everton related stuff if you want to find it. You know, and and I think you know there's things been going on with the club things they've been doing you know to, to help in the community things they've been doing you know speaking to players and seeing them come back to training in the last few days and you know so you know there's there's a lot to be done some of the videos have been quite good from the players you know yeah. um but uh but yeah i mean listen we all we all miss football don't we we all miss watching a watching a game and um you know i did an interview with a with a a a, a, a professor of infectious diseases the other day from California and, and he was saying that he doesn't see crowds coming back and being allowed back into a stadium for until there's a vaccine you know and you just think to yourself god you know are we, are we really going to have to wait another you know six yeah. months whatever it is to, to be able to go back and watch football and uh, you know we, we all miss it you know and, and I think you know we, we all hope that we can get back sooner rather than later. And one of the things I wanted to speak about was your you work and the report you've been doing around football league clubs because I think you know, the, the mainstream media in general and, and certainly here we're focused on Everton, mainstream media in general, very focused on the Premier League and, and, and the top leagues. Yeah. And you know, from, from from what you've been doing and the, and the work you've been doing, what's the, the general feeling of, of clubs, certainly in the Northwest and, and, and the, the country yeah. as a whole, in regards to how they're going to cope after that? I mean, are our clubs scared and our clubs genuinely worried about being in existence come the end of all this? Oh, 100%. You know, um, you know, I've spoken to a number of clubs in the area. I mean, the one that springs to mind straight away is Tranmere, of course. And, you know, we've seen a big, over the last 24 hours, a big um, uh, document proposal that's been put to the EFL by by uh, Mark Palios, who's, who's a great guy. I've known Mark for 30 years and, uh, you know, and he's he's put this really spent a lot of his time a lot of his effort to put this together to try and find a formula because you know their argument is uh, you know dealing with the football first before we talk about the finance but but their argument from a football point of view is how can you relegate somebody on a mathematical 
solution, you know, or format, and then allow people in the same league to play, uh, you know, to 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 get promotion, mm. you know, in the playoffs. And and when you look at it that way, you think, yeah, that's 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 harsh, you know, you know, you can't. There's no answer to that other than, well, that's wrong, you know. Um, but the problem we're in, I think, at the moment is that we're in a, you know, we're in a situation where somebody, no matter what, you know, is going to be. You know, he's going to be a loser, and some, you know, some are going to be a winner. I mean, Wickham Wanderers, for instance, in League One, you know, go up from eighth to fifth, you know, um, yeah. because of the points per game, you know, system. And you know, you just think, how can that be? You know, but it is, it, it's, I heard someone say the other day, what we've got to do is find a solution which is as close to normal as possible. And this, I think, is as close to normal as possible. But, uh, but you know, if, if you're a, a club owner like Mark Palios is, and all of a sudden your club is going down to the next league down, and all the financial implications that that brings up with it, mm. you know, you've got to be aggrieved, really, in the fact that you haven't had chance, like any other season, to, to get out of it. And, and I don't know what the answer is. There is I don't think there is an answer. Other than playing the games in front of crowds, you know, and that's not going to happen. So, but, you know, to answer the first question, I mean, you know, financially, <clears throat> I think there are a lot of clubs that are in danger, you know, and I think you won't see it right now, but I think once June, the end of June comes, July, you'll see the real struggle, especially if fans aren't going back to the game, you know, mm. because that's unlike the bigger clubs in the Championship and the, and the, um, the Premier League, the, the, they can't be reliant on TV money. I think it's about, you know, one one and a half million, one point eight million in in the leagues one and two, and then it goes up to seven and a half in league in the championship, and then of course, the figures are, are so much more massive yeah. in, in in the Premier League. So, you know, a lot of these clubs, I heard someone say the other day, they they, they work, you know, they, they they work hand to mouth, and the hand has stopped feeding the mouth, you know, and and that's the situation we're in. So. I can see a number of clubs really, really struggling to coming up soon. Yeah, and it feels as though that there's that sort of an issue even at the top level as well in regards to. I, I think probably the, the wider public and you know the wider football world in general think that football clubs at the top level have probably got a bit more money just sort of sloshing around in in the coffers than they maybe have. And you know, you've seen you know some clubs move to put the staff on furlough and you know some of them have obviously redacted that and, and gone back on it but it feels as though this is potentially going to change the way in which football finance works and the way that football clubs um spend the money and get the money and, and keep hold of the money not just at, at the bottom level Al, in regards to you know league one league two but potentially throughout the entire pyramid as well yeah i mean people talk about you know the premier league clubs having so much more money but they also spend a lot more money yeah. you know? You know that that that's what people forget. You know, um, you know when a championship club comes up from from the championship to the Premier League, people think, oh, they've had this windfall. But they, you know, they want to stay there. They've got to start spending big money. You know, on wages. We see we see the wages of players now. We see how much players cost. You know, to buy, um, and and you know, so it's all it's all relative. You know, it's not it, it, it's not the same really. You know, but um, I think what what probably they they do have is a little bit more leeway into, you know, they can last longer, if you know what I mean. Um, but you're right, it will change. It will change 
the way clubs, you know, I think I think English football has been needing a change for some time. Certainly, lower leagues, um, and I think this this is is the sort of straw that's going to break the camel's back to say, right, we've got to restructure this. I mean, people are talking about regional restructures in the lower leagues. You know, making it regional again. I'm not sure that will happen. Um, but the big clubs, the Premier League clubs, you know, they they will be you know watching what's going on, and they'll be trying to manage and and you know. The, the problem for them is that everybody, as we all do, think, oh, they've got the money, you know, um, yeah. and it's not, you know, in a lot of cases, it's the fact that you've got rich owners who can bail the club out in that respect, you know, but the wages and the, uh, and, and you know, and, and I'm not talking just players here, I'm talking about the operation, complete operation, you know, it's a vast amount of money and, uh, you know, and that has to be paid, you know, and um, like I say, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult one for all clubs. You know, no matter what league you're in, um, it'll be difficult for everybody. But it's difficult for everybody outside as well. So mm. I don't think football is, uh, you know, is any different really. Yeah. Um, just moving on then, Al, towards your time at Everton. I mean, it, it's it, yeah. So so link with the club. You've done so much great work with the club down the years. I wanted to sort of zero in on, on a couple of campaigns in particular. Um, it'd be great to get your opinions as a fan, and you know, in regards to when you work with the football club. The first one has obviously been in the news quite a lot recently: the the nineteen ninety four ninety five FA Cup winning campaign. <laughs> first of all, can you believe it's been twenty five years? Uh, no, <laughs> no, and I, and I don't think anyone else at the time. You know, I joined the club. It's my fault, really, because I joined the club the year after we won the FA Cup. <laughs> so. so. I think, uh, you know, since then, but, you know, I mean, we've come close a few times and, you know, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I don't know why it's, it's been so long. I think if you spoke to people at the time, you know, you, you wouldn't have believed that they wouldn't be going for, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have challenged for another trophy in 25 years. It, people wouldn't have believed you. Um, and, you know, with all due respect, it wasn't, it wasn't one of our, classic teams you know at that time it wasn't you wouldn't put it up as as one of the greatest ever Everton tides you know but people did feel that they competed and you know and I think what was interesting in the first few years after that was we came very close you know uh, certainly the next year I think we missed out um, we got beat by Aston Villa I think and we missed out by a point to Arsenal I think for Europe yeah. and you just wonder you know if we'd have just got that point you know what would have happened you know because you know, it, it's it, those European places now are really important financially. Um, just the way clubs are, you know, the, the, the sort of circles you mix in when you get those European places. And I think with missing out on that, and, and then having a, you know, obviously it went wrong then um, because Joe left, and and you know, it, and you're struggling then. You know, it, it's very very difficult to manage in football a downward spiral. You know, it's very easy to manage an upwards one, you know. Well, I say very easy. It's not very easy. But, you know, what I'm saying is it's much easier to manage, you know, a good feeling around the place if you're coming up and you're building something. But when you're trying to hold on, you know, and 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 if it doesn't start going well a bit and you're trying to manage that downward spiral, it's really, really quite difficult. You know, that's why you see a lot of clubs who come down from the Premier League, you know, disappear to, you know, into... Yeah. into League One, you know, eventually, you know what I mean? So, so I think there's been a bit of that, um, but I don't know. I, I, I just can't believe it's been 25 years and, and I think we've got to change that, you know. I think it's, it's interesting, though, what you said about the, the, the downward spiral and how hard that is to, 
to contain really. And uh, what you said, you obviously came to the club after that that season, the, the team won the FA Cup. And I imagine there would have been a, a really good feeling around the place there. And you know, like you said, the team was was actually probably a better side the year after in regards to. Oh, it was. It was brilliant. Yeah, to what they did and where they finished in the league. But in regards to the, the downward spiral and things going wrong, did, did you? Being at the club and you know feeling at the club and getting the club under your skin, get a sense that that was coming before it actually all bore out in front of you, or was it just a case of you seeing it and, and you're reacting to it? Was there an indication to you that things were starting to go wrong behind the scenes? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, you, you do feel it. You know, you see it. I remember standing in at Belfield in one of the coaches' rooms, and I was stood with Archie Knox, hmm. and uh, you know we'd had a couple of seasons where you know it it'd been. Difficult, you know, with Howard and, and uh, you know, uh, the, the year Joe left, you know, we, we struggled. We just about stayed up. Um, and I remember standing next to Archie and he just we were just looking out the window and he said to me, do you know what? You can't keep doing this. You know, you've got to change this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and, and he was right. You know, you, you can't keep struggling every year because eventually as, as clubs like Aston Villa and people like that have found out, you know, one day it'll get you, you know, and, that, and that's really, I don't think, I think, what David Moyes did when he'd come in he, is he, you know, after a few years of, you know, people forget, you know, we had a couple of rocky years in the early days under David Moyes um, while he was trying to get the the team right, you know, and, um, but what I think we've done since then is we've always competed, you know, and we've always been, you know, pretty much mid table upwards, um, which, which, which is a good sign, you know, because, you know, you feel as if something's happening and, and then what you've got to do is put the cream on the cake, you know, and make it, make a difference. What we've always suffered from since that is money, you know, and, and, and that's the bottom line. You know, we've not been big spenders. I don't think Peter Johnson sort of was able to spend the money that he wanted to spend. Um, and I think we've always been a certain, a certain type of shopping in a certain type of shop. I think, you know, Bill Kenwright's done his best with, with, with the money he's had. But um, I think we're in a different sphere now, you know, and I think we've got the opportunity. And this is why... It got frustrating a few years ago when we were seeing it going wrong all the time under, you know, under Cumin, under under Marco Silva, under Samala. That you know we saw it wasn't quite right, and and that was frustrating because there wasn't the excuse that we were, you know, we were doing our best with the with the resources we had. You know, we weren't doing our best with the resources we had, and I think that's where now it's different. You know, and we've got to make that resource pay. We can't have an owner like. Farhad Bashiri and not take advantage of that because if you don't I don't know where we go after that I really yeah. don't yeah I think, I think that, that's right and I sort of look back at the 25 years since and the, the, the best side ever to have had and not necessarily the closest they've come to winning a trophy but the closest I'd say they've come to having a team that was ready and equipped to challenge for trophies and that was that was probably the 2013-14 season Alan that was where mm. you come back to the club there you, you were speaking to fans regularly you did a, a fantastic job and it's been really well revered and I just wanted to, to ask you about what you sort of obviously spoke about the mood around the club after winning the FA Cup in 1995 what was it like coming back to, to the club then and coming back to the club where a club that had been sort of built in David Moyes' image had a lot of his players there and had someone completely new with completely new ideologies in Roberto come in well it was it was it was strange because of course you know I, I hadn't really been you know, in the, certainly in the in the previous five or six years, I'd been very much in my job 
not concentrating on Everton. You know, I think there was a time when I'd, I'd not been there to report on on the team for for at least two years. You know, it was I had other other uh, stories that to develop and to do. You know, in my role as I was a bureau chief, you know, of looking after the whole of the northwest for Sky Sports News, mm. and and I think that was, you know, that took me away from concentrating on Everton. So I didn't really know the ins and outs as I would as I would do, um, and of course. You know, when I left in 2001, you know, when I arrived back in 2013, it was a very, very different club. And football was very different, you know, inside a football club as well. You know, the, and I always talk about the first week when I got there, I had four players who come into my office with a briefcase um, to talk about uh, image rights. You know, <laughs> you know, when I, when I left in 2001, I, I think I remember... Paul Gascoigne trying to take my uh, window wiper off my car and put up my exhaust, you know, and, 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 and that was the sort of, you know, the difference in players, you know, and their mentalities. And they've become now, they've become businessmen, the players, and they've become, you know, they, they very much manage their own image, you know, whereas I think footballers at that time, even just 2001, which is not that long ago, I know it's 19 years, but, you know, players would come into training they do their training and they go home. That was it. You know, um, it's not like that now. The media now is is that they have to do, and the the you know all the other stuff that they need to do now is is massive, and they manage that well. So that was the first difference, really. Um, but I think there was a, you know, it, it was strange because we weren't we. You know, a manager hadn't gone because we were in the uh, the bottom three or anything like that. You know, he'd gone because he he got offered the Manchester United yeah. job. So, I, I, it was a little bit different. So, I think you know, Roberto had something decent to build on. You know, and, and a decent set of lads and a decent decent side. Um, and the feeling was fantastic. I mean, the thing about Roberto was he was so positive in everything he did. He used to say to me, "Surround yourself with positive people, and positive things will happen." And he was very much um, about the mentality of the place, and it was. You know, listen, part of the success I had with the fans was down to the fact that the team were winning football. You know, um, I always remember Peter Johnson used to say to me, if you don't win games, even the pies taste nasty. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's 100% true in football. Um, but that shouldn't be an excuse to, you know, to, to not do well. You know, you shouldn't say, well, we're not winning games, so we can't do well. You know, um, you know you've got to fight that. But But when I came back, I think everything just clicked you know Roberto was fresh and new you know the players the players reacted to him you know we had some good results we, we got the results at Old Trafford you know we you know I think it was only really the Liverpool game really that that where we where, where we had a, a bad day you know but um, no it was great and I, I of course left and I don't quite know what happened after that, you know, because I didn't really spend too much time at the club after that, you know. So, because I was tied up with Blackburn, I went to Blackburn, you know. So, but, you know, I, I don't quite know what went wrong with Roberto, to be honest. Um, did you know, not, did but you, it was a shame because that, that first season was, was, was great. I suppose when we look back at it now, one of the, the phrases I've used when we've reflected on the season is it was sort of lightning in a bottle. Did, did you not get the sense at the time that, that it was that? Did, did it feel as though the, the groundwork's being laid for something? Sort of really special going forward, did it, or did you always get the sense that the you know, the wheels were going to come off on this eventually? No, I mean, I, I think um, I was I, mean, I was only there for seven months. Strangely, mm. you know, it, it felt longer, but you know, but to be honest with you, um, you, you felt it, it felt good. You know, it felt yeah. um, you know there was you know there was a bit of you know can we keep this going? Can we keep this going? You know, but there was a great feeling around the place, and and. Uh, 
you know, that I think that when that side went out to play, you know, they felt they had a chance, you know, and, and I think also they had a little bit of flair about them as well. It was, it was, not, it was nice to watch, you know, um, and I think we brought in, you know, the likes of Lukaku, the likes of Gareth Barry, the likes of James McCarthy, players who'd all done well, you know, when they came in. Um, so, you know, so I, I felt, you know, it, it, that was half the, the battle I had to make a decision to leave, you know, was was what I was leaving, you know, because it was it was it was brilliant. It was it was a fantastic feeling. I, I loved, that, you know, that the, the relationship we had with the fans was great. You know, I remember um, someone from the Liverpool Echo uh, saying to me, you know, we've never had a, a better relationship with the club, you know, um, uh, as we have now, because uh, you know people were let's say getting upset across the park because we were covering the back pages of the papers so much, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so. In that respect, it was it was great, and um, but like I say, because I wasn't there, I don't really know. You know, it'd be interesting to know exactly what happened and why why it turned round. You know, for 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 Roberto, to be honest. And just on, on Roberto, finally, um, like you said, they're positive all the time, surround themselves with positive people. Could never say anything negative, really, in regards to press conferences. Yeah. Did you ever see a different side to him in that regard? I mean, some of the, the journalists we've spoken to down the years and some of the players said mm. that he occasionally could have a bit of a nasty side to him. Oh, listen, I had a I had a um fallen out. It wasn't a falling out, but but I saw the other side of Roberto a couple of times. But but I think he would never be, you know, he was always very polite, even if even if he disagreed with you, yeah. you know, he would be, you know, he wasn't um you know, I've I've worked with managers down the years who've who've not been so so, so polite. You know, um, <laughs> but uh, mentioned no names probably. But, but you know, I, I have, and and you know, he was. You could always go and have a conversation with him. But I think, as all managers, you know, he was very much focused on what he wanted and what he was doing. Um, and you know, yeah, there was a couple of times um, when I think there was an incident with Lukaku at one point. Um, if you may remember, he was away at West Brom and he talked to, uh, I can't remember now, maybe Nicholson Elka or something. There was some incident over some, some. it wasn't nothing to do with us. Mm. But, uh, you know, the, 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 a lot of media wanted to speak to uh, Lukaku and I, and I was trying to get it sorted out because we knew, you know, how to, and I think Roberto was getting a bit peeved at, 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 at you know, yeah the amount of attention and, and he and he you know you saw that he, he was irked at that you know and wanted to move on and you know um so there were there were you know instances where you, you saw when he'd snap back at you you know but um but no i mean you know he was he was a top fella you know i i enjoyed working with him very very much and, and he was such a great pr man you know he was you know he, he knew you know, I remember, I remember down the tunnel saying to him once, you know, um, he was about to do an interview and I said, just, you know, when you go in, don't refer to it as the crowd, refer to it as the street end and, and, and the park end, you know. Yeah. I said, and I'm sure they'll, they'll relate to that, you know. And within two seconds, he was in the interview and he said, you know, oh, the fans in the park end and the street end. <laughs> and, and I remember on social media, the amount of people who were saying, God, you know, he's just said the street end, you know. And, yeah. and, and, and for me, that's what it was about at the time. You know, what... What I thought at the time when I first came into the club was that it needed a change of how the club deal with fans. You know, I didn't think it was right at the time. You know, they had the, the debacle over the over the uh, the badge. Um, you know, for whatever reason, and and I don't think it it was as bad as what people made out. But 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 you know, it was, and, and there was an issue. Um, there was a number of other issues going on with regards to how the relationship with the fans was going. Um, and 
for me, it was all about being honest, being straight with fans and being being upfront, you know, and listening, you know, and, and it's really quite simple, you know, a relationship with fans. It's about engaging, you know, you're not going to always agree. You know, there were times when I had discussions with fan groups and I, and I didn't agree with them and I told them, you know, but, but they respect football supporters. All they want is to be listened to and respected. And I think if you do that, you're going to be all right most of the time. As you say, you'll have your arguments, you'll have your disagreements, but you can, at least you can come back to the table and have a chat. And I think, you know, without talking you know, too big about myself, I think I changed that culture of the club. You know, I, I genuinely do. And I think not just me, you know, all the staff as well, all my staff that, that work with me, they were great staff, great bunch of people, and most of them are still there. And, and they do a fantastic job. But they saw... I think what we did was awaken the club to understand that you can have that relationship with the supporters, you know, and, and you know, and that's, that's huge. And, and I think they have a great relationship with the supporters now, you know, in the main. Yeah. And you, you still do that now on Twitter. You still engage with Evertonians. I don't know why you do yeah. it sometimes, Al, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. But it's I hard, get pleasure out of it, to be honest. You know, I, I, yeah. you know, I get, I get just as much pleasure out of it as yeah. they do. You know what I mean? And, 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 you know, and that's what it should be about. It's, you know, we're not talking about war. You know, we're talking about enjoyment and football and our love. You know, so it shouldn't be hard. You know, it shouldn't be, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be difficult. Um, but, but I think what happens at football clubs is football clubs tend to put bury their head in the sand and think that the supporters will just go away and they depend too much on the blind loyalty of fans, mm. you know, and, uh, and that's wrong because one day it'll come back to hurt you, you know, and I, I think football's changed in the last few years for a good way, you know, in the fact that people are actually engaging now with the fan base. Yeah, absolutely. Um, totally agree with you, Al. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you, mate. Thanks very much for... for no, no problem. Room. Uh, just, for, just actually before we go, uh, it's Gaz's birthday today. Uh, he's yeah. 53. Have you, you rang him up and spoke to him, sent him a card? Yeah, well, no point sending him a card. He wouldn't read it. But um, <laughs> he, um, I spoke to him just over a week ago and he was fine. You know, he was, uh, I had a chat with him and, and he was talking about his birthday and, you know, and I don't think he likes birthdays to be honest. You know, I think it gets him, it gets him older. I think he still wants to be playing and, and going to Euro 96 and all the rest of it, you know. Especially with being on the uh, at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that's difficult for him, I think. I think he, you know, he's, one of the things with Paul is he struggled for many years with having to come to terms with, no football, you know, in his life, and uh, you know, and no matter what he does, he can't, he can't get the buzz that that gave him. I think, you know, and so, and I think that's the problem. But, um, but no, he's he, he's good fun, and you know, and you know, he'll always be, he'll always be Gaza. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, good to hear he's doing well. Anyway, yeah, thanks very much to Al for coming on. Uh, Thursday on next Bruva Blue, I will speak to Mick Rathbone. Should be another really interesting conversation. Uh, do look out for that. Uh, thanks very much for listening to the Blue Room. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store, it's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. 
So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.